London Bridge is in Arizona. The internet says it's true. Hey, welcome to The Internet Says It's True, where every week we learn something that sounds made up but is really true, part of the WCBE podcast experience. My name's Michael Kent. This is episode 168. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. I finished up the college tour last week, so now it's it's time to finally catch up on some other projects and most of all, rest. But uh, I really wanted to tell this story this week that is, uh, I think, something that most of you have never heard. It's about London Bridge. I know I certainly had never heard this. Before we get into that, there's a fun new chat feature for Tizitors. When you sign up there, you can use the chat on your mobile device through the Patreon app to chat with other Tizitors and chat about the show, the quiz, whatever you want. It's just a fun way to connect with other people in the community. If you haven't joined yet, it's super easy. Just go to patreon.com slash Michael Kent and sign up. It's an easy process. Only costs whatever you want it to cost, down to as little as a dollar a month. If you think the stories and the knowledge that you get from this podcast is worth it, you know, the ability to be the most interesting person at a party, go ahead and give it a try. Once again, you can sign up at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. I am once again asking for your financial support. The holidays are coming up and I am planning on spending a few weeks away from the podcast if I can. I'm not 100% certain on on what the schedule is going to be, but we may have a few rewind episodes coming up here while I take a break and spend some time with family. But who knows, when I don't have a crazy schedule of shows to do, who knows, I, I may want to write and produce some new episodes. Most of all, I just can't wait to sleep. Uh, my wife, who you heard if you listened last week, is constantly telling me that I'm going to have a breakdown if I don't slow down. She says I do too much. But creating these episodes and telling these stories means a lot to me. So it really does mean a lot that you tune in every week. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode about the sea orphan. Just an absolutely amazing story of survival and strength, especially from an 11-year-old girl. Today's story spans a great deal of time, from 1831 to 1971, and it's all about an inanimate object, a bridge. So let's talk about London Bridge, and let's get on with it. Get on with it! Yes! Get on with it! When I first started learning about this week's story, I made the same mistake that a lot of non-British people probably make. I thought the iconic bridge that we see associated with downtown London was known as London Bridge, but no, that's Tower Bridge, and it's a completely different thing. Tower Bridge, the appropriately named bridge connecting to East London across the River Thames, was built in 1894, and an icon that will forever be associated with London. It's the one with the big towers that you've seen. It raises with a bascule in the middle. And while our story doesn't focus on Tower Bridge, I did find this fun story about it. Back in 1952, there's this guy named Albert Gunter, and he's doing what he does every day, driving the number 78 bus in London. He's headed towards Shoreditch and driving over Tower Bridge, and he doesn't realize the bridge is opening. And just like that scene in the Blues Brothers movie when they jump over the car over the, over the open bridge, Albert had no choice but to gun it. He was too far and he made the decision that the only way out of this situation was forward. So Albert slams on the gas, jumps a city bus through the air over the gap in the opening tower bridge. And the reports I read said the bus was only going 12 miles an hour, which seems way too slow. But however fast he was going, he got his bus with all 20 passengers across the bridge safely. He was actually the only one injured. He broke his leg. And yes, it was a double-decker bus. 
So that's Tower Bridge. London Bridge, however, is a completely different bridge. This is the next bridge to the west of Tower Bridge. It's the oldest Thames crossing in London, and if you go back, there were a series of London bridges going all the way to Roman times in 50 AD. The bridges back then were made of timber, and before that there's some evidence that there was an even more simplistic pontoon bridge. But in 1209, they built what's known as Old London Bridge, which is the bridge that they were singing about in the popular children's song London Bridge is Falling Down. And we know that because Old London Bridge was in use until 1831, and that song started showing up in the late 1600s and was first published in the 1700s. And the origin of the song, otherwise known as My Fair Lady, has multiple stories, and there are some weird ones, like the belief that the bridge would collapse unless humans were sacrificed and put into the foundations of the bridge. This is probably linked to some alternate lyrics that were used over the years in which different types of fixes to the bridge are presented and then excused for different reasons. With that said, I've never seen a verse that says, kill a guy to please the gods, please the gods, or whatever. Uh, there's also an alternate origin story for the song about Vikings sacking the town and stealing the gold. But the most likely origin for the song is that the bridge was literally breaking down. This was a bridge 926 feet long, supported by 19 piers and arches and a wooden drawbridge, and it was in use for more than 600 years. During that time, there were at least two collapses of the bridge, neither one of them destroying the whole bridge, and there were also at least two major fires, probably more than that. And this version of the bridge had houses and shops on it. It had water wheels for power at the bottom and decapitated heads on top. The heads of traitors were dipped in tar and placed on spikes on top of the bridge. At one point, there were more than 30 heads on top of Old London Bridge. Toward the end of this bridge's life, they removed the houses and widened the roadway, but it was in need of total replacement. So, in 1799, they held a competition for designs of the new bridge, and the winning design was by John Rennie. It included five stone arches spanning the River Thames. The foundation was laid in 1824 and was built in the same place as the old London Bridge. This would be the final project of Rennie's career, a career that had made Rennie well-known for designing bridges and canals. The new London Bridge, as it was being called at the time, cost 2.5 million pounds, the equivalent of about 320 million pounds today. A huge part of that cost was tied up in remaking the approach roads to the bridge. Those cost something like three times the cost of the bridge itself. This new Victorian Stone Arch Bridge opened in 1831 and became one of the busiest spots in London. At the height of its use, it saw the traffic of 8,000 pedestrians and 900 vehicles every hour. But this was the 19th century. It was created just before a time when the definition of vehicle was about to change dramatically. It was handling more and more weight every year, and it began to sink. We'll talk about London Bridge a little more after some quick messages from our sponsors. If you love listening to this podcast every week and you want to show your support, that would mean a great deal to me. You can do that by becoming a Patreon member. We've got members at all levels, whether you want to pledge $1 a month or $10 a month. Just think about the value that you receive from this show. And if you like the histories and the stories that you learn about or the jokes that you hear, and if you think that they're worth it, consider signing up. For that, you get every episode ad-free and a week early, access to bonuses like the unedited videos of the guest appearances, and 20% off all merchandise. You can sign up today at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. That's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. 
I've got to tell you about this new advertiser with the show, and it may be a company that you've never heard of before. We are in the perfect time of year for this. Each year, people get their holiday decorations out, and inevitably, they can't find the one thing that they want to put out. Smart Labels helps you catalog all the stuff you are putting into storage containers so that when you go to find everything again, it is as simple as uh, just a quick search in the app. And it's not just good for use at home. It's called Smart Labels. And basically, if you have a company with inventory, they are making the management of that inventory as simple and affordable as it can be. So this is perfect for small business owners. Here's basically how it works. You buy that Smart Labels QR code stickers on Amazon, right? And then the stickers come, you put one on one of your containers or even like on a shelf, you download the Smart Labels app on your mobile device and all you have to do is scan the code. The app creates a digital container for you. Then you can just write down all the information about the items that you're cataloging. And then you just take a picture, put that on the, the file, super easy to do. You'll have all your inventory easily searchable right in the palm of your hand. And a sticker pack only costs $16. The subscription, this is amazing, $30 a year. You can't beat that. So if you, even if you just want to be super, super organized uh, at home or maybe in your garage, uh, but this is like really perfect for small business, get your Smart Labels stickers on Amazon today. Once again, they are called Smart Labels. You're going to want to check them out. There was a time that humans used 100% organic products as healing balms and moisturizers for their skin. Well, I've partnered with an awesome company that wants to get back to those times. Fatco sells organic and responsibly made tallow-based skincare products. For centuries, humans used tallow in skin moisturizers and healing balms, but unfortunately, the topical application of these fats seemed to stop around the same time that animal fats stopped being considered part of a healthy diet. A lot of modern skincare products do more harm than good by stripping your skin of its natural oils. Let's change that. You can try them out now at fatco.com and get 15% off your order by using my promo code INTERNET. Go to theinternetsaysitstrue.com slash deals for the link. The new London Bridge was getting old. And by old, I mean it was 137 years old, nothing like the age of the old London Bridge. And by global standards, they were much older bridges. But that 137 years had seen a huge change in the way people traveled over it. The difference between 1831 and 1968 was huge. London Bridge was falling down. It was literally sinking an eighth of an inch every year. And it wasn't sinking equally on each side. In 1924, it was reported that the east side of the bridge had sunk about four inches more than the west side. This, combined with the overall sinking of the bridge and the fact that it was never designed for modern automobiles, meant that the new London Bridge would have to be replaced. And in most cities, this would mean that they just scrapped the bridge while building the new one. But a member of the Common Council of the City of London, Ivan Luckin, had an idea that they should sell the bridge. And how do you sell a bridge? Well, if you remember our story about the Wichita Falls, Texas world's littlest skyscraper, we talked about how George C. Parker regularly sold the Brooklyn Bridge. Apparently, it's pretty easy to sell a bridge. And in Parker's case, the whole thing was a scam. In the case of the city of London, they decided to actually sell the bridge. They put the bridge up for sale in 1968, and that April, it was purchased. The new owner of the London Bridge was an American. An oil entrepreneur from Missouri by the name of Robert P. McCulloch had made a fortune 
with his company McCulloch Oil and by selling chainsaws. He also had success in selling motors and superchargers. He purchased London Bridge for $2,460,000. You may be asking, when you buy a bridge, how do you then get it to America? The answer is that you take it apart, brick by brick. They disassembled London Bridge while carefully marking each brick so it could later be reassembled. That applied to the granite facing blocks anyway. A lot of the blocks from the bridge were sent to a quarry in Devon. The rest were put on a cargo ship and sent through the Panama Canal to California. The blocks were then put on trucks and shipped to Robert P. McCulloch's new home, Lake Havasu, Arizona. At Lake Havasu, a popular vacation spot south of Las Vegas, right on the California-Arizona border, the blocks arrived and were ready to be reassembled. This time, they'd be placed on a hollow steel core frame that McCulloch had arranged to be pre-built for the granite blocks. It would span the Bridgewater Channel, which is a man-made waterway running through Lake Havasu City. It was completed and dedicated on October 10, 1971, and when completed, it looked just like the bridge when it spanned the River Thames. While this was going on, a new, new London Bridge was being built in London. It's known as the Modern London Bridge, and that's the bridge that exists there today. But in the city of Lake Havasu, Arizona, you can go and see London Bridge today. In many respects, it's THE London Bridge, the one that was built because London Bridge was falling down. It's the bridge that stood through two world wars in Europe. It stood through five kings and two queens. It saw the world develop during the Industrial Age, and I don't think many people know about it. And that's what makes it a great story for this podcast. The internet says it's true. It's time for Yap Yap with me and a friend, and this week we're talking to Dan Wilbur. Dan's a comedian, writer, and actor whose work has been seen on MTV, Funny or Die, College Humor, Onion News Network, many, many more places. His album, Husband Material, can be found on Amazon, iTunes, everywhere else you listen to stuff. What's going on, man? It's so good to have you on. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm great. So, uh, are we going to tell people that it's early morning for me? Yeah, it's so fine. early. It's, it is. I've it's, had so much coffee, and I've just been listening to music all morning in preparation for this podcast. <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm good. I'm in the, I'm in the suburbs. I go to. I, I don't know if we discussed this already. We did. Maybe. I'm going to, I'm just, you know, I'm g- gathering more material for husband material part two. Okay, good. And it's mostly just about going to Costco and Home Depot. <laughs> That's all you do out in the, in the burbs. Have you been on the road a lot lately? I've been on the road <laughs> once a month for uh, some time. Yeah. Yeah, out on the road. Out on the, when I say on the road, it's I'm driving 25 minutes to Costco. Okay. So I'm sorry, I got a road gig. It's to pick up a bunch of sourdough rolls oh, from Costco. I uh, I've finished my college shows this week. I'm done. Oh, cool. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, I haven't done a college show in a little while. So. Is that right? You're not Tell missing them. anything. Uh, some of I'm them are great. A lot of them are like the audiences are so small. I did a, uh, I, the best one I did was like two weeks ago, I went with my friend Kevin to uh, a golf club and just performed for, I'm going to say the median age was like 65. There were okay. two teenagers there pushing it down a little bit, but everybody was like a retiree and uh, and they liked me, which I was surprised by. 
You That's know? great. I'm killing it with these these <laughs> over seventy crowds. I uh, yeah, I have a couple like corporates coming up that'll be a little bit older crowds, but um, for the most part, my college shows are are done. And uh, I really, you know, I used to always think college audiences were better, but as small as some of these crowds have been lately, it's just it's tough. It's soul sucking when you you travel all day to get to a place. And then there are like right. 10 people there. That's yeah, that's a little bu- a bit of a bummer. But, you know, what's been going on in my weekly show, if I may, if we can sure. just make this an entire green room talk it is. Uh, for entertainers. Yeah, that uh, we've been having these shows where it'll be packed and we realize sort of halfway through that everyone's German or <laughs> Irish or like they're, they're they speak English, but they're yeah. just not really they're like i don't know we were just visiting new york like australians in new york maybe the best crowd you you, just australians love to laugh at americans and and they i don't know they come to new york and just spend all their money for a week i found everybody else is sort of a bad crowd and we've had these packed audiences where we're like speaking to no one and then we have a a room where there's only 10 people but they're all from the neighborhood and we're like oh our regulars are here we can actually have a show nice yeah, yeah, I've that's that I've found that Australians in general are just so happy. They're just happy people. They're they're happy to be there. Yeah, that's and and, and they drink a lot, which is a lot of fun too. They drink a lot. They're attra- I mean, it's almost enough to we should just pack up and move. Yeah, almost. It's like they get a lot of sun. Maybe maybe one more bad election uh, and uh and we're gone to Yeah, Australia. I'm sure they'll just let us in. <laughs> You know how they're they, what do they have they have rules for like you can't bring your dog. Well, I may get exiled species. there for being what is being referred to as vermin. Oh yeah, maybe we'll just get exiled to a nice little Australian getaway. I'm ready. I'm ready to have that. You know, sounds romantic. <laughs> well, let's get Be into our quiz. In Mexico this week. City or Paris? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so for this. <laughs> Uh, this question we're going to play for a joke. So if you get it wrong, you got to tell me a joke. And if you get it right, oh, I'll no. tell you one. It can be like a street joke. It doesn't have to be a, a fancy I know. Piece, piece of material. I'm really prepared for this. Every time we do this, I prepare. I'm happy I, to hear that. I feel unprepared this time. That's so. okay. There's no we'll way to what prepare comes for out the of my actual mouth. material. Uh, so London Bridge. Uh, London Bridge has been replaced several times throughout history. The version of the bridge that was there from 1831 to 1968 was removed and now exists where? A, between Birkenhead and Liverpool, 213 miles from London. Over uh, B, over the Firth of Forth, just north of Edinburgh. Or C, Lake Havasu, Arizona. You're saying the original material is somewhere? Yeah, like the actual bridge. They they disassembled the bridge and they reassembled it somewhere else. Um, I'm going to go with C, just because it sounds the most fun. The answer is C. Uh, you are correct. Lake yes. Havasu, Arizona. Uh, and it is the most fun. And I don't think many people realize this. It's a fun little fact that if you go to Lake Havasu, there's a bridge over a waterway, and that bridge is London Bridge. Like it's Man, actually London Bridge. It. Yeah. All I know about London Bridge is the little song. Yeah. And the reason they wrote that song was because the bridge before this bridge was falling down. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was, I, a, it was a, the, the one before this was over 600 years old. Um, and 
So it had been there forever and they were like, we need a new bridge. Um, and they built this one and it lasted for like 137 years. And then wow. of course the time that this bridge existed, the one that's in Lake Havasu was like all of, you know, modern, uh, English history. So you're talking about both world wars. Um, you're talking mm-hmm. about the changeover from carriages to automobiles, which sort of, you know, necessitated the the need for this new bridge or, or motivated the need for this new bridge. So you got it right. Uh, have- I just want to say what, what an apt a- answer, because uh, America's infrastructure is crumbling and we're now we're importing our crumbling inf- <laughs> infrastructure. We can't even make it here anymore. <laughs> we, can't, right. we can't even build our own crumbling bridges. We yeah. have to import them. <laughs> Perfect. That's a good point. Uh, I owe you a joke. Have you heard the really convoluted metaphor about, about poorly constructed bridges? No. Never mind. It's really hard to get across. Uh, that's way better. I'm so glad I didn't have to do one because I was going to get canceled. You're welcome to if so you want to still get canceled. No, no, no. Okay. Just, everybody look up the Encyclopedia <laughs> of Jokes. You'll find. I know you have this one. <laughs> Yes. And just every time I, I bust it open, I'm like, oh, I, I'll find something good. And then I read it and I'm like, ugh. The Friars Club oh, Encyclopedia no. Jokes. You know it's going to be good when they have liter- a picture of literal chickens crossing the road on the cover. <laughs> well, some of it's that corny. And then some of it's like red buttons. And I'm like, I don't I don't think I can repeat this. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm allowed to say this. No, not anymore. No. I have some no. ones that are way worse. Like yeah. this, the, the Milton Burrow private joke file. Oh, I know that one. Yeah, this one has some gems, and by gems, I mean racism. Yeah, I wish it was a good, like a book um, that had the pictures in the middle, so you could see all the famous people's with, and then in the middle there would also be like a couple pictures of his penis. You know what I mean? That's what we <laughs> really legendary need. Milton. Burrow. The legendary Milton uh, Burrow penis. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Question two for this next question, we're going to play for a joke or a premise that we're working on that is not quite ready for stage yet. So it can either be that or it can be something maybe that you tried and it just you just couldn't get it to work. Uh, here... I'm going to purposefully get this wrong. See if this works. I'll make you tell us anyway. What's the oldest vehicular bridge still in use today? Is it A, the Frankfurt Avenue Bridge in Philadelphia, B, the Arcadico Bridge in Argolis, Greece, or C, the Zhaozhou Bridge in China. Oh my God. I'm <laughs> going to go. Know? There's no, this is a stupid question. There's no way anyone would know this. Uh, well, I mean, I think, I think, because uh, when you said Philly, I was like, all right, Philly's old. Philly is old. It's, a, it's an old place compared to Greece uh, and China. And then, and then it was like, <laughs> and then they just kept getting older. <laughs> I'm going to go with B. Greece. I don't know how you did that, but you're right. It is B, Greece. Yes. Uh, yeah. The Arcadico Bridge in Argulis, Greece, otherwise known as the Kazarma Bridge, was built between 1300 and 1190 BCE, making it at least 3100 years old. Um, wow. So interesting fact, uh, the Frankfurt Avenue Bridge in Philadelphia is the oldest vehicular bridge in the U.S., I figured that uh, was, yeah, that must have been. And the Zhaozhou Bridge in China is very, very old, but not as old as the uh, Arcolis. And all of these right. are still, you know, still in use. So uh, I owe you oh, yeah. a, 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 a premise that I'm working on that's not quite ready for stage. I have this whole bit about the liar's paradox, which is the idea that if I say I'm telling a lie, 
that's a paradox because you could take it literally and say, I'm not lying. You know, anyway, um, and the whole bit is about me lying and, and I'm throughout the routine. I'm telling lies. And I start the routine off by explaining how, you know, my wife and I were at the lake house. We were, we were talking and she called me a liar because of what I do for a living. And, um, at the end of the routine, I start revealing all of these lies that I've been telling. And one of them is I don't even have a lake house, which is fun. Right. Um, and then one of them is chime in there and say that. Yeah. Um, one of them is, is, you know, that I don't even wear glasses and my glasses I are fake that I'm wearing. And then, um, but before the routine, this, this takes so much setup to explain before the routine, I put on what we call affectionately, what, what Eric Diddleman calls the microphone necklace. Uh, it's, it's like a thing that hangs around my neck that holds my handheld microphone so I can have my hands free. Um, so I'm, uh, and, and I say, because it's a weird object I put around my neck, I excuse it away by saying my mom made this for me. And then I put it around my neck. And um, so one of the things I've been trying to work into the end of this routine is me just like at the when I'm when I'm t- telling all these other exposing all these other lies that I've been telling, just taking off the microphone necklace and looking at it and saying, I never knew my mother. Uh, or, or I never had a mother or something like that, which in my head is super funny. And I've tried it, it like I'm, three I times laugh. now and I have yet to get a laugh out of it. It gets a ooh. <laughs> all I'm th- Yeah. All I can think about is that you, because you do magic, uh, is like what is a what is a half premise of a magic trick look like? And it's just like, hey, pick a card, and then they pick a card, and you're like, I don't, I, I got nothing yet. That's, Hold that's on. as far I'm as still I've thinking gotten. about it. I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, no, honestly, like in magic, you know, a lot of time the half half baked premise is stuff like I want to do this, and then this right. happens, and then this happens. But I'm not really sure how or I'm not really sure why. You know? Yeah. And it's like, wouldn't it be cool if um, right. I do want to hear yeah. like your half-baked joke, though? Oh, uh, this isn't a half-baked joke. I just don't have like I know the premise is good, but I don't have a punchline. So it, it is about Costco. And I was walking through Costco, which we just joined. It's like pinnacle of success as a suburban <laughs> person. It's like a rite of passage. I got well, they don't tell you about uh having a house by the way and now you know this yeah um is it you know that people are like oh it must be so nice to have all that space and i'm like yeah but the space during the winter and fall is just full of spiders all that extra space it's just spiders yeah a lot of spiders. that's where they go so i'm trying to fill it with you know toilet paper and stuff uh and uh my hand goods for the apocalypse so i joined costco and i was walking through costco and i realized i was exhausted and it was the same feeling of exhaustion that I used to get about 15 minutes into a museum visit. Like, uh, you buy the ticket at the MoMA and you're like, all right, I think I get it. Like yeah. oil on canvas. I did the I, thing. Yeah. I, I've seen enough. And I was thinking about it. And I'm like, I think that's why, you know, suburbanites maybe don't have a, a lot of culture because... They spend all their museum energy at Costco. And then I was ta- I was thinking about like how moved I was by this one, you know, piece of art at MoMA the last time I was there, the sculpture that moved me. Uh, I felt joy and sadness and, oh, who could I be if I like really focused on art like this? But then I was in Costco and I saw like a big jug of peanut M&Ms and that was pretty moving also. <laughs> I, I felt moved. That's great. In a way. And yeah. that's, that's the whole joke. I like that. Um, I like that. Yeah. I, yeah. But I feel like there's something there. Well, you know, when we talk about like suburbanite life and stuff, and I, I always think 
there's this like parallel to, or not parallel, but this contrast with uh, like who we used to be as humans, you know, where we would have to fight saber toothed tigers and stuff. And now it's like you get tired by the time you get to the frozen foods section. Like I'm just exhausted. Yeah. I, I, I'm done. Right. Pushing shopping. a cart that like someone on the Oregon trail would cry to see you like yeah. just just like it's nothing just absorbing yeah. all those materials yeah three of their family members died last week but i'm pissed off because one of my cart wheels is like one of the wheels yeah. on my cart is is wobbly yeah their yeah. cart they meanwhile they they break a wheel on their cart and they uh they get killed they by, they have to they, chop down and, a tree and fix it <laughs> yeah, they to, yeah they have to build the new wheel Oh my gosh. Okay, that's that's good. I, I'm anxious to see where that goes. Uh, okay, so for this next question, uh, we're going to play for a sticker, as we always do. Uh, internet says it's true. Three-inch orange sticker. You can get these uh, sent to you in the mail when you join Patreon. In the second verse of London Bridge is Falling Down, the, the children's song, the lyrics are, build it up with iron bars, iron bars, iron bars, you know. But the very next verse presents why that's a problem. Which one of these is the line from the next verse? Is it iron bars will bend and break? That's A. B. Iron bars will rust away. Or C. Iron bars will weigh too much. Is this part of the song? Yeah. Because those all sounded correct. So, London bridges falling. And then, and then each, each subsequent verse is build it up with blah, blah, blah. And then after that, they'll say, well, no, we can't do that because this, this, I'm, this, and this is the problem. With I'm going to say what little engineering knowledge I have is that iron bars, that rust doesn't matter, but that the iron bars aren't malleable enough. So I think it's A, that they'll, not they'll that they too heavy, they'll, but they'll, they'll, they'll break. Bend and break. The answer is A, iron bars will bend and break. You are correct. You're three yes, for yes, three, yes, Dan yes, Wilber. Yes, yes. You're killing this. You're killing this. Um. Yeah, that's the song. Uh, and if you look up the song on Wikipedia, I highly suggest everyone do this. Um, th there are alternate explanations as to where the song came from, other than the fact mm -hmm. that the bridge was literally falling down. And some of them are crazy. Like one of them yeah. is it's a song about how there had to be a sacrifice to the gods. So they, there are dead children in the bottom of uh, the London Bridge. Sure. Which the interesting part about that, and we didn't talk about this in the episode, but the interesting part about that is at one point they did find several bodies in the foundation of London Bridge when they were tearing one iteration down and building another. So why not? Yeah. Back when murder was legal. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, I just love the idea that those kids know how to engineer a bridge. Well, they're figuring it out. They're like, anyway. don't don't put those don't put the iron <laughs> yeah. bars in there. Yeah. And there's another one that's like, uh, you know, um, build it up with gold and silver or something like that. <laughs> uh and then there's something about how the maybe the old lyrics was about the vikings coming in and pillaging london and the gold and silver was like what they were trying to get after so yeah it's it's an interesting story with many multiple explanations oh, there's also a lot of speculation as to who the my fair lady was meant to represent mm -hmm. anywhere from the queen to virgin mary uh lots sure. of different explanations there all right, so for question four, we're going to play for an admission of the best thing that's happened to us this week. Uh, so here is your question. By the way, I've done this this question the last several weeks, and I really like this because it's like a fun little way to add some positivity into our lives. So think back to you know the week that you've lived this week and, and something great that's happened. Here's your question. This one's about Lake Havasu. 
white sturgeon, that's a type of fish, were stocked in Lake Havasu in 1968, about the same time this bridge came over. The lake is still full of them, but no one has ever caught one. Some of the sturgeon in the lake are huge, up to how big? This is a white sturgeon. Uh, And like I said, no one's caught these, so I don't know how they know this, but this is what the internet says. A, two feet long, B, six feet long, or C, 20 feet long. I'm, uh, all right, again, spending a lot of time at Costco, I've seen some big fish. It's got to be more than two feet. So that one's out. But I don't think 20 feet, 20 feet sounds too long. Although I think you could catch a six foot fish. So I'm going to go C, 20 feet. The answer is C, 20 feet. You are four for four. I don't know how you're doing this. I don't know how so you're smart. doing this. Uh, that is well, great reasoning because you're right. No one's caught one. And if no it was six one. feet, maybe they would have. I think you could catch a six foot fish. I've seen enough, you know, men's uh, uh, profiles on dating apps where they're holding <laughs> a fish that's the size of their body. That's that's <clears throat> hilarious. Um, and uh, yeah, 20. Think about 20 feet. That's like, was that like two car lengths? That's a big fish. That's a big it's a big fish. That is a big fish. And I, I'm. I'm a little bit skeptical as to whether or not they're even in there, but the the internet never lies. So, um, also this thing said that white sturgeon can live up to a hundred years. So if they were put there in 1968, there are they're still there, right? Unless they were putting a bunch of like 99 year old sturgeon, <laughs> yeah, in in Lake Havasu in 1968. I, wow, yeah. It's so crazy. So um, you got that right. The best thing that's happened to me this week is um, I'm finally relaxed. Look, I love doing shows and I love performing, but I am exhausted. And mm-hmm. being done with these college shows is um, gives me a nice few. I get three weeks now that I don't have to do a show. And I have a nice little break because I've just been so tired and I have so many things to do around the house. So that's the most positive thing that's happened to me this week is that I finished out the college tour. It was one of the best college tours I've done since probably 2017 um, in terms of yeah. amount of shows and all of that. So um, incredible. Super happy to be back at it. But yeah, it's, you know, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. So right. I get some sleep now. I don't have anything to do today except for like spend time with family. And, and this. And this. <laughs> Your chosen family. Dan Wilbur, my chosen, my chosen <laughs> suburbanite family. Anyway, you're listening to Costco Talk with Dan and Michael. And um, dude, you're killing it. You're four for four. No one has done that in a very long time. The next question, though, you could lose it all. The next question's for all the marbles. If you get it right, you're welcome back on the podcast anytime. <laughs> if you get it wrong, banned for life, never coming back on. Um, and this one is an open-ended question. Here's your question. This is a tough one. Speaking of bridges, we're going to switch to a different type of bridge. What's the best bridge in all of music? Okay. Um, a lot of the music I like and play, got a guitar. Mm-hmm. Come on. Let's get the band back together. Okay. Uh, a lot of, I mean, like I love Bowie and every Bowie song is just verse and chorus. Yeah. I don't even think there's, there's just like weird moments. There are weird moments that I don't know if they count as, it's like eight bars of crazy before the next spot you know that's right i was thinking of the song torn but those that's just the best pre-chorus that's different okay hang on 
That's the verse. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing where they used to know. Oh, yeah. That's the pre chorus. has run dry. That's and what's going the bridge on. Bridge could technically be that part later. Yeah. But she just does it again. Okay. So I don't count that. But that is the best pre chorus. I'm a big pre chorus man. Sure. Um, but I think I think I I hate to give you a Tim Allen answer, but I it's it's got to belong to the boss. It's got to be Born to Run. Born to Run has the the it sounds like the song got out of control and that he couldn't stop. Uh, and the bridge starts. Yeah. I want to die with you when you're on the street. That that's the best bridge, and then it ends. And he has to, it doesn't come back until he says one, two, three, four. And it sounds like a, a car sputtered out. And, and you then know he what? had to like that, rev the engine. Yeah. And it's to get the song back on track. And it's instrumental, right? There's no, there's no singing on that. No, well, there's singing. That. There's singing. Technically, there is singing. And, and then it, but it has that, and then it, it sort has of, that <laughs> intro part. Yeah. It has that, it has yeah. that, it has that transition. Ba, 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 ba. Ba, ba. Yeah, and then the drums like, dun, 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 dun. yeah. You heard yeah. of this guy? What's Pretty that? good. He writes a good bridge. <laughs> Atlantic City has a great bridge, too, because all of Atlantic City is the same couple chords, and he's sort of like doing a verse and a chorus over it, but they're the same chords. And then when he gets to the bridge, it's like a break. You're, it's like a you're you not a, a Jersey guy, right? You're a you're a you're a Pennsylvania I'm guy. I'm a Cleveland. Originally. I'm a Cleveland. Oh, guy. you're a Clevelander. Yeah, yeah. But Which you've lived in PA Jersey. and and uh, New York. All over. I've lived all over the three states. <laughs> Been everywhere. I, I actually, um, when I wrote this question, a bridge came to mind. Before I did do some googling to see like what other people thought were the, some of the best bridges, but um, the one that came to mind for me was. Weezer, say it ain't so, right? Um, which I, I like bridges when they like it oh, no, feels like a different song, kind of. But there's that, dear daddy, I write you in spite of years of silence. You've cleaned up, and then yep. it builds into he's screaming, the sun is drowning, and and then uh, that I think that's a great bridge. That that yeah, is that's, a, that's a solid good. solid bridge. And I, it's like the first song I knew about that was like my choice. In that ter- album. Really? That was the blue album. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry to age myself. Yes. That was like the I think that's the first tape we had mm-hmm. that didn't belong to my parents, et cetera, et cetera. Wow, I didn't realize you're that much younger than I am. I'm so sorry. I am <laughs> I'm uh, my first tape was uh well, I had several. But uh, we're looking at Run DMC, Raising Hell. We're looking at Beastie Boys, Licensed to Ill. Uh, yeah. Def Leppard, Hysteria, I had. Wow. Was a gift from my buddy Josh uh, for my birthday. Um, and uh, yeah, I, but, but Michael Jackson Thriller was in there too at some point. Oh, yeah. And I own right. Thriller on like, you know, every medium you can own it on. Except for eight track, I guess. So, um, Terrific. So your answer is the correct answer. And this wow. is crazy. I haven't had anyone do this in a while, but you went five for five, undefeated. You Unbelievable that, 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 that you did that. No, I'm serious. It's been a very long time since anyone yeah. has, has not missed a question, and you have done it, which earns you a place in the, the Tizit Hall of Fame, we'll say. 
Um, but mostly it's just you just get the special audio. So I love it. Yeah. Uh, Dan Wilbur. I want to have you back on the show sometime soon, man. You're, you're always a, a fun guest. Go check out Dan's project. It's called Husband Material. It's his album. Uh, and you can download that. You can buy it on Amazon or iTunes um, and uh, follow him at Dan Wilbur. You can find him. It's Wilbur with a U. W-I-L-B-U-R. And uh, mm-hmm. what else? What do you have? What do you have to promote? What do you have going on? I, I'm just doing I'm doing shows out here and uh, it'll be a year since we recorded that album. So I'd love it if people gave it a listen on, on Spotify or Apple, uh, but it's playing on Sirius. So if you have Sirius XM, um, I don't think you can help me except to listen when it comes on and then and then call Sirius and say, wow, more of that. that Dan is so good. I wish there was more. I wish that whole album played some night. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, also look for the new uh, cross-promotion at Costco. You will find uh, Dan's picture promoting different items in the frozen foods section. Sizes they sell of books fish. there. Books and books. my merch. Yes. Yeah, I'll, get them, I'll get them to hold, get my merch. Please, please do. Dude, it's so good to see you. Thanks for coming back on. Yeah, this is a pleasure. That's all for this week. Thank you so much to Dan Wilbur for being my guest, and thanks to you for listening. Here's the voice of a young boy who lives underneath London Bridge. Thank you for listening to The Internet Says It's True. To listen to episodes ad-free and a week early, support us on Patreon. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash Michael Kent. If you learned something just now that you didn't already know, go to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review with five stars and a few words. That helps us a ton, because that's how the algorithm works. I don't know what an algorithm is, but just do it! See you next week for a brand new episode of The Internet Says It's True! The Internet Says It's True would like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions help to make this show possible. Sean Brown, Joshua Endress, Dallas Ray, Bryce Swanson, Eugene Anderson, Jim and Joanne Martin, Mitch and Andrew Joseph Templin, and the show's official emperor, Kick Track. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Finite Music Forge, and all audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under Fair Use Title 17 USC Section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts, and you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Michael Kent.